This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. In life, we will meet resistance, which can leave us feeling worn down and worn out. But we can find a reason to keep going. Show up, push through, and never give up. How's everybody doing? Good. Why is nobody in this row? Are you guys scared of me? I promise I do not spit, or at least I don't spit that far. So you could sit there if you want to. <clears throat> That's all right, though. I was one of the people who always sat in the back of the classroom. We got any back, room cl- or back classroom sitters? Yeah. Back of the classroom. That's where, it, that's where it's at. Cool. So we are in the second week of our Never Give Up series tonight. And what this series is about is about us and helping us become more resilient in this life. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what does, what does resilient mean, right? That's a weird word. That's kind of an odd word. But resilient and resiliency, resilience is our ability to be able to bounce back, right? Our ability to bounce back and grow stronger after we've either struggled or we failed, or we faced really hard stuff in this life. And before we talk about what that means specifically for you today, I want to take just a quick, a quick poll. So how, how many of you think that things in life are better with friends? Raise your hand if you think things in life are better with friends. So it's a majority. That's a majority. Has anybody in here ever tried to FaceTime themselves? Is that fun? No. It's weird, right? That would be pretty weird. How about, has anybody ever tried to duet a TikTok with no one on the other half of the screen? Like, that's just a TikTok, right? Like, that's not a duet. Like, that kind of defeats the purpose, right? Or maybe, maybe if you're a sports guy, has somebody ever try, tried to play a game of football by yourself? Like that is pretty much impossible to do by yourself. And if you don't believe me, just take a look at this video. This one.
<laughs> See, that, that video is kind of funny, right? But it's weird. Like, you can't, you can't do that. You can't play football by yourself. And this is something that has been, like, too real for me, like trying to do things by myself. Um, how many of you in here like group projects? We got a couple. We got a few. Well, yeah, you sound like the person who doesn't do anything. See, I can remember being in high school and getting assigned a group project, right? But I couldn't stand group projects. I hated them because I was kind of, I was kind of nerdy when I was in like middle school and high school. Like I really cared about my grades. I really, really cared. But I always felt like I had to do more work than everybody else in the group project. Like, I felt like it was all on my shoulders. And maybe that was because I took it all on. But regardless, one day I was in a class, and a few of us had complained that, man, we just, we just don't want to have this group project. Like, why are you assigning a group project? And the teacher gave us the option to do the group project by ourselves. So if you don't want to do a group project, fine. Do it by yourself then. You can, you can do all the work. You can get the grade and do that. And at first, I was hyped. Like, I was excited. I was like, I don't have to work with anybody. I'm going to do this all by myself. It's going to be great. And I don't have to worry about other people at all, especially when it felt like that I was going to do most of the work anyways. Like, who cares? I'll just do it by myself. I planned on doing that regardless. But then he gave us the assignment. And the syllabus to this group project was 10 pages long. It was so much work. Like, he knew what he was doing whenever we complained and he gave it to us by ourselves. He knew that it was going to be way too much work for one person. And when I got this rubric and I saw how much I'd have to do, I went up to him and I asked if I could just join a group. I was like, okay, I know you've already divided up groups, but can I just jump in one? It's fine. I'm sorry I complained. And he told me, no, too late. You're doing it by yourself. I've divided all the groups up, and it was all up to me now to finish this group project that was now a solo project. So needless to say, I was super stressed. I was completely stressed out. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this all done, and I didn't. I tried but I couldn't get it all done. And I wished that I had had people in my group to help me. I wished that I had other people that I could lean on just to help take some of the weight off of my shoulders. See, we, we all know that there's some things in life that just can't be done alone. But here is what's kind of interesting. Even though we know but there's some things we can't do alone. Many of us still go through life alone. So you've probably heard people at school or online talk about like the problem of loneliness. We've talk, we talk about the problem of loneliness in our culture, in our society all the time. Maybe you've experienced your own fair share of loneliness. Maybe right now, you're experiencing loneliness. And if you have or you are, then you know that it's a real thing. Like this isn't just something we talk about, it's real. In fact, according to this recent study, as many as three out of five people 
that you see on a daily basis say that they are lonely. And it was hard for me to picture just what this means by reading this statistic. So I thought that it would be helpful to show you a couple photos. So look at this. Here's a group of five people, right? These are just five. Now go to the next slide. Right there, it shows three out of five people. So that's more than half the group. There's only two faces right there who we can say are not experiencing loneliness. So the red dots experience loneliness. So we see this in a small form. Now go to the next picture. Here's a big group of people, right? Big group of people. Like we have to imagine like some of them are lonely, right? But if we go by this statistic, go to the next one. Look at that. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people who are surrounded by other people and they're lonely. They're in this big space and yeah, they might be enjoying their time together, blah, 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 but they're lonely. See, when, when we see loneliness this way, and it becomes really clear that loneliness is a big deal. It's a really big deal in today's world. See, that means that a majority of us feel like we're walking through life alone. We're trying to get through all these stressful events, difficult circumstances, and hard days all by ourselves. And there's nothing about that that is even a little bit easy. See, but I think part of the problem is that we think we have to do it on our own. We think that that's what is expected of us. I think that's why that so many of us pull away when life gets tough. See, when hard things happen, we feel like we have to figure it out on our own. So we pull away from people who might be able to help us just to prove that we can do it alone or because we don't want to be a burden to somebody else. See, we think everyone else has their own lives to deal with. Why would they care about ours? Why would they care about my problems? So we pull back thinking that no one would want to know. Or maybe we hold things back from other people. Maybe we start hiding hard or difficult things we're experiencing in our lives and we just keep it from the people in front of us or even from the people closest to us. So we don't open up to our tribe groups, our friends, our parents. So we think that admitting things are difficult for us might make us look like we don't have it all together. It might show that we're afraid or that we are someone who is weak. So we're afraid to show the world that we just don't have what it takes. Or maybe we think that life has to be all me. We think that no one will care about our problems more than we will. So if anyone's gonna figure out a way out of the difficult stuff, it'll just be us. Don't need to share it. Nobody cares anyways. So we, we think we have to solve our own problems. We have to make it without the help of others. And we have to rely on only one person, numero uno, ourselves. And I know I've felt that way before. Maybe, maybe you have too. Maybe you currently feel that way. And I don't know about you, but as much as I might believe all of those things are best or true, 
like holding back from other people, pulling away from people, and relying on myself often makes things way more difficult. See, it makes us feel even more lonely. It does the opposite of build resilience in ourselves and help us find a reason to move forward. It actually can make us feel stuck. In other words, it just isn't really working. So what if, what if the way to build resilience didn't just have to do with us and what we put into it? What if the key to getting through difficult times and choosing a hope when things seem hopeless in our lives had something to do with the people that we invite into the process? What if resilience isn't something you can build by yourself? And tonight we're going to look at this ancient example to help us with this idea. See, it's recorded in the second part of the Bible called the New Testament, which documents life during and after Jesus' life on earth. And here at Tribe, we believe, we believe that knowing Jesus changes everything. See, and that's why when we struggle with certain thoughts or ideas in life, we like to look back to words and experiences of Jesus and people who were transformed by Jesus to help us see that knowing Jesus can change everything and how it can affect our lives today. So tonight we're going we're gonna to talk about a guy whose entire life changed because of Jesus. And we talked about him a little bit last week as well, if you were here. And his name was Paul. And he was one of the most influential Christians to ever live. He started many of the first Christian churches. He helped train other leaders to continue sharing Jesus' message around the world. And he wrote most of the letters that we find in the New Testament. See, early in his days of starting churches, Paul worked along some of alongside some of his buddies. He had friends in the process. They were Barnabas, Silas, and Mark. Barnabas, Silas, and Mark, two goofy names and one normal name, right? These early Christians helped spread the good news about Jesus. And this was a really big mission. This was a huge mission. So they knew that they had to work together. Not one of them could just do it by themselves. But at one point, Paul and his friend Bar Barnabas, they got into an argument, like many of us do with our friends sometimes. Something comes up, we disagree, we get into an argument. But Paul was annoyed with their other friend, Mark. Mark had bailed on them during one of their trips. And Barnabas and Mark were pretty close. So he told Barnabas about his frustrations, and Barnabas just wasn't understanding. Because, because Mark was Barnabas's cousin. So when Paul wanted to tell Mark he couldn't keep traveling with them, with them after he bailed, Barnabas didn't like the idea. He was like, no, that's my cousin. You got to keep him around. It doesn't matter if he bails on us. He just didn't want to leave his cousin behind. And Paul and Barnabas, they just couldn't agree on this at all. Mark put a kink in their relationship. So they ended up going their separate ways. They all split off. Paul and Barnabas separated. And as time passed, Paul found himself in some pretty difficult spots. He was actually put in jail 
for telling other people about Jesus. See, and Paul could have given in right then and there, right? And who, who really would have blamed him? Like his friends kind of bailed on him. He got thrown in jail for trying to share the gospel. He was alone. But Paul, he doesn't give up so easily. Paul's a fighter. And he actually wrote a letter to one of his friends named Timothy. And in that letter there, in one small sentence that tells us what Paul did instead, this is what he says. He says, get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. See, I know this verse is simple and there's, it's just something easy to understand, but in this letter to Timothy, Paul asks for Mark to come along. See, the very guy that he refused to bring with him years before, the guy who bailed on him, the guy he didn't think would be all that helpful anymore. He asked him to come back. And we don't know exactly what was going through Paul's mind, but it seems like Paul came to realize that whether through his circumstances or through Mark's actions, that we need the help of other people. See, Paul was on a mission, literally, like a mission. And he was trying to share the message of Jesus to as many people as he could. He cared way too much about the, this mission to let pride or self-reliance get in the way. Maybe he even knew that without others, that we were more likely to quit the mission, more likely to give up on the mission. And maybe in your case, it could be that other people help you pass that test or deal with your anxiety or the loss of someone that you love, or maybe even just help you grow your faith. See, our circumstances, they may look different from Paul's, right? But the point, the point remains the same regardless. It's that letting other people in to help us is actually one of the best ways that we can build resilience. See, that's why I want you to remember this. And that's to never give up on others. Repeat that right now. Say it. Never give up on others. Your turn. That didn't sound like anything, but I think you said it. So no matter how difficult it can be to ask for help or let people in, no matter if we've grown up thinking that it's just supposed to be all about me, no matter how many times we've thought that it's only up to us to get through times in life. If we want to keep going, keep growing, and keep developing resilience, we need to, not, not, it's not a suggestion, we need to never give up on others. Now, just so we're clear, we aren't talking about like situations or relationships where others are harming us or others in any way. See, not giving up on others doesn't mean staying in a situation or a relationship where you're unsafe, okay? And if you're in a relationship where that is the case, or where you aren't sure if that is the case, I want you to talk to your tribe group leader or another trusted adult who can help you. So remember that. 
If you're, some, if you're in something or in a relationship that makes you unsafe, that doesn't mean you have to just stick it through. That's something you need to get out of. See, but what we're talking about today is choosing not to give up on others because we think we are better off alone, because we think we can do things by ourselves, or we don't think that we need others to help us. See, what Paul did with Mark was give him another chance because he knew there was more on the line than just his pride. See, Paul cared more about the gospel than he did about past mistakes. He didn't give up on Mark. He cared more about what Jesus had done. He cared more about sharing the gospel with people. See, because Paul knew that the gospel couldn't get spread just by himself. He knew that the message of Jesus was bigger than anything else in his life. See, sometimes, as Christians, we have to let go of our pride. We have to let go of being offended. We have to forgive. And we have to give people second chances in life. Because Jesus called us to spread the gospel, and that's not something we can do if we just shut other people out. It's impossible. See, the gospel is so much bigger than our pride, so much bigger than all of this. See, the gospel is the truth that God sent his son to die for our sins so that we could be saved through him. And we can forgive, love people, and invite them into this same gospel because of it. See, the thing is, is that a lot of us have grown up thinking that it was a sign of strength. Sign that you're strong if you do something on your own. If you live life on your own, we've been told that's great, that's strong. You are a strong, independent person. Or we've grown up feeling alone, unsure what good other people can even bring us. So it's important for us to know what exactly refusing to give up on other people can do for us. So we're going to look at a couple things that, they can, that people can do for us. And the first one is they help us grow. See, there's only so much that we can know or experience on our own. And other people bring their experience and their knowledge to give us a larger perspective. So they help us know things about ourselves, about the world, and God that we wouldn't have known without them. See, other people make our world bigger. The second one is they help us see the good. When life gets tough, sometimes there's nothing better than a friend who will just remind us of all the good that's happening around us. See, their perspective helps us keep going when we want to give up. The opposite is true as well. We get to help our friends stay positive when they want to give up. See, friendships help us become more resilient. And the third thing is they provide the support that we need. Sometimes we all just need someone to lean on. We need someone to laugh with us, 
someone to cry with us, someone just to talk to. And you know this because your friends need this from you sometimes. See, part of building resilience is is becoming more emotionally and mentally healthy. And when we have people around us to support us through the ups and downs of life, they can encourage us to process our emotions in a healthy way or even to get professional help from a counselor because sometimes we just need a nudge. See, all of this leads to a healthier and more resilient version of ourselves. See, this is why we should never give up on others. Because one of the best ways to build resilience is in relationships with other people. So what can we begin to do now to start allowing others to help us with this? Because it's not something that we want to do in a couple months. This is something that we want to start now. So here are a few questions, and we asked these same questions last week, these questions to help you get started. The first one is, what is happening? Maybe you're beginning to realize just how much you keep from other people. Or maybe you're noticing that you don't have someone in your life that you're really comfortable opening up to. I want you to take the time to recognize what's really happening when it comes to your relationships. Like, do you feel lonely? Have you been pulling away because you're going through something tough? I want you to start by getting real with yourself. Get real about where you currently are when it comes to letting other people into your life. The second question is, what is true no matter what? See, so many messages around us, they're going to tell you that you can figure out life by yourself. So many people are going to tell you that you can do this alone. And I'm just going to be, it's not true. It's just absolutely not true. We need other people. If someone as influential as, as Paul needed the help of someone else. Someone who knew Jesus really well needed the help of other people. It's safe to say that we do too. So I want you to remind yourself of that truth, not the suggestion, that truth, that it's okay to need other people. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to lean on the ones who love and care about you in this life. See, their help might be the very thing that helps you become more resilient. And the third question is, what can you do? So now it's time to do something yourself. Now it's time to get to work. And it might be awkward. It might be uncomfortable. But we have to reach out to other people. We have to. We have to take a step forward in letting others in. Maybe it's a trusted friend, your tribe group leader, even your parent. Why don't you just start by sharing what ups and downs you're facing in life now. Then ask for their perspective, right? Ask for their perspective on what you can learn. 
how you can grow, or what you can do to keep going, even when you want to give up. See, we need each other. You need the people sitting around you right now. You need each other. It's not something just cool that sounds like sounds fun to say. It's the truth. So I want you to remember to never give up on others. Because having other people to support you and, and walk with you through life, man, it makes, it makes such a difference in your life. It can help you be more resilient, not just, not just today when you're going through something, but in the future. See, that's why, that's why I think God gives us other people to help us along the way. In fact, that's exactly why we have tribe groups. And for some of you, tribe groups are awkward, right? You go into them, and you're like, oh, I don't want to share anything. Oh, I don't want to talk, or this is weird. You're taking away my game time. Like, I get it. I get it. I love to have fun, and I find it awkward to share things too. But this is why we do tribe groups, and it's not just because we want to put you in a room and take away your game time and take away snack time. It's because you need people. You need community. You need the people around you, and that's why Jesus put them there. See, they're a safe space for you. They're a safe space for you to share your own struggles with a group of people who want to help you face them. Your tribe group leader wants to help you face them. They're there because they care about you and they love you. So will, will you consider tonight opening up to them, opening up to your tribe group leader, opening up to the people that are in your tribe group? And as you consider that, I want you to think about this question. Who is one person in your life that you can trust to help when life is overwhelming? Who is one person in your life that you can trust to help when life is overwhelming? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, for community. Thank you for putting people around us who can love us, who can care for us, who can help us through the tough times. Thank you so much for sending Jesus to die for our sins and to set an example of what it looks like to have people around us because even Jesus put people around him. So I pray that as we go on tonight and we wrestle with this question of who do we have in our life to help us when things feel overwhelming, that maybe if someone in here doesn't have that answer, that they would see that that person might be here. Maybe that person's their tribe group leader. Maybe that person is someone who is in their tribe group. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a friend they never thought of. But I pray that you would reveal that person to them and you would give them the confidence to share what's going on in their lives, the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, because we're here for each other, because we care for each other, we love each other, and that's why you put us here together. Not to be isolated, not to do it alone, not to be these strong, independent people that this culture says we need to be, but to rely on you, Jesus, and to rely on the people that you put around us. I pray this all in your name. Amen.